Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and it is Saturday. I have a little bit of a cold, but I'm going to do a Saturday discussion. Uh, also, I just did a couple of reviews. I did Legendary Weapons of China and The Spiritual Boxer, so uh, be sure to check those out. Before I start, I just wanted to mention once again, Distressor has a new album out called Hard to Kill, um, and uh, they're the, they, they, they uh, allowed us to use their, um, their song Just Breathe in the introduction. So the song that you hear in the introduction and the end of the episode is from Distressor. And the new album's great. Uh, just go and check it out. I'll post another link. Um, it's called Hard to Kill. I'm not sure if the, 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 the cover image is pretty, pretty interesting. I'm not sure if it's a reference to the, the old Steven Seagal movie or not, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, that's actually, I remember when that movie, when that first came out, uh, I remember when that came out on video and renting it and watching it with my cousin Donnie. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't really talk about, uh, old eighties action movies here. Was that the nineties? It might've been 1990. I can't remember if that was 1980 or, uh, or 19, what was it? 1989 or 1990 that that came out. I'm going to look that up. Um, hard to kill 1990. Yeah. I remember that was with, uh, Kelly LeBrock and I don't know. Um, uh, but yeah, so maybe I'll do like a retrospective of, um, of some of the action movies that, that had an impact on me when I was younger. Uh, I used to watch, watch a lot of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies as a kid. My parents were actually pretty strict. I was technically not allowed to watch violent movies and that made them, uh, all that much more attractive. So, uh, I would, uh, I would watch them when I was at my friend Greg's house or, uh, uh, or on HBO. And eventually my parents relented because they realized that I was just going to watch them anyways. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably like to do some, uh, uh, reviews of things like Commando and, um, and, uh, Kickboxer and Bloodsport, stuff like that. Uh, actually I just watched The Running Man the other night. I hadn't seen that in ages. Um. And, and in, I don't know, I don't know if that, I remembered it being a lot better than it was when I watched it uh, again. So I remembered it being more in the realm of uh, total recall in terms of quality and it just wasn't. And, uh, and so, I mean, it was still enjoyable. Like it still had moments that I liked, but I, uh, I, um, I, and, and it's, you know, it's kind of like a dystopian satire, but it just, it could have been better, I think. It's definitely not like RoboCop or Total Recall where you go back and watch it and it still holds up to the same degree. There's a lot of stuff that feels really, um, really dated when you see it. A lot of, a lot of cool bits too, um, but, but definitely a lot of dated stuff. And I completely forgot about, there's a, there's a chainsaw to the groin uh, moment in the film that I completely forgot about. Uh, you know, there's, 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 there's a few scenes like that. There's a, the other character I've forgotten about, there's a, it's like a, and I'm sure anybody who's listening to this has seen it, but if you haven't seen The Running Man, it's with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and the whole concept is in the future, they execute criminals live on TV in like game show style, and the guy they get to play the game show host is perfect. He feels like all those guys that used to do the, the game shows, that used to host the game shows. Um, you know, he's just a, a little bit too old, a little bit, you know, you can like kind of, you know, he just looks like an alcoholic. He does. He is a perfect, perfect guy for the, for that role. Um, but 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 they have this show called The Running Man, and they they execute people. And there, are, uh, I think it came out around the same time that American Gladiators was out. I'm not. I don't know if American Gladiators 
aired before or after this, but it was kind of that situation where they have these gladiators that go in. I think they call them stalkers in the in the movie, and they and they basically chase the the running men uh, through uh, like a course that they have and uh, and try to kill them. And they, but they have one guy that's like a, a, an op, he like sings opera, and he's got a suit that's got all kinds of electronics on it, and he fires a, a, like lightning bolts at people. So there's some pretty over the top stuff in it um and uh and yeah so and there's a there's another guy that like he basically is like a hockey he's got like a hockey stick but it's bladed and then they got a guy in a motorcycle with a chainsaw um but yeah i don't think the movie held up all that much and i don't know how i got on this topic of old 80s action movies but um but but anyways i'll uh i'll i'll i'll, I'll relent and, and return to what i wanted to talk about which was uh gaming and in particular I wanted to talk about maiming player characters. I like doing that. I think it's um, uh, useful once in a while to, to let the players know that the NPCs mean business. And, uh, you know, it depends on the system you're using, obviously, and how much liberties you might take with the system you're using. In the game I use, there are maiming rules. And so I, I very frequently will attempt to maim characters. And I usually announce it when I'm doing it. I feel like, number one, it ups the stakes. Uh, Number two, I feel like a lot of the NPCs would kind of just declare what they're intending to do when they're really pissed off. So uh, if an NPC is going to try to take off a person's arm, they might say that. Or the character might just know it. I might just say, you can tell he's trying to take your arm off because they, they're, they're skilled enough that they can sense that that's what the person is trying to do. Um, and, I you know, it's not... 100% likely to happen in the system I use you have to get you know you have to get like two total successes and it, and the attack is done with a penalty um, but it really it really gets people on their toes and so uh, so every once in a while I like to throw that at players and I think it's kind of good to have uh, that sort of thing in play I think uh, a lot of games that I've been in players will choose to be like a one-arm guy or missing an eye or something for character coolness from the start I prefer that to kind of come up over the course of play. I mean, you can certainly do it at the start of a game. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's it's a little bit more impactful if you have a different character concept and then they're beset by a challenge like that, uh, you know, during their development. Um, and I tend to identify with characters like that. So I find it, uh, I, I find it interesting. Um, and also, you know, it's just one of these things. It's kind of, it's a... Um, it's it's it, you know in a, in a game especially wuxia which i which i all my campaigns are right now uh you know if you're in a world where people are fighting all the time it kind of makes sense that that would happen that somebody would eventually lose a hand or lose an arm or lose an eye um in a way i kind of wish i had really elaborated more on the maiming rules to to accommodate all those different possibilities uh it's a little bit more streamlined and sort of simple so that you can just layer it on but uh, in hindsight, it's something that I might have wanted to get a little bit more granular with, and I might, I might start devising some optional rules for it. But, uh, but I'm curious how other people have uh, have dealt with that, and how your players respond to it. If they, if they, if they get outraged and object when when they find out that their arm's missing, if they accept it, if they roll with it, um, you know, I'm just kind of curious. But I, I think it's, I think it's a good thing to sort of throw in the mix, and and I think you know pushing that button a little bit aggressively once in a while is okay. Um, you know, it's not, not that you're sort of a killer GM that's out for blood, but every once in a while, the, you know, the world needs to get a little bit serious around them. And the NPCs, if they're, 
you know, if they're really pushed, are gonna are gonna punch back hard. So, I, I like to uh, you know one one way I like to do that is through um, through through maiming. I was listening to I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I, I was listening to one the other day about uh, about kung fu mechanics, and it was a pretty interesting discussion. The, um, I can't remember the name of the podcast. I think it's the Misdirected podcast, but I, I want to get the um, the actual name of it so I don't mislead anybody and send them on some kind of weird. Um, uh, it's the Misdirected Mark podcast, and it was episode two fifty, and they they had a whole thing on kung fu. And they definitely came at it from a very different perspective than I would. They were more interested in some of the narrative stuff, um, but I thought it was an interesting dis- discussion. And uh, and they came, they 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 were talking about sort of the tension between tactics and narrative, and how uh, you know when with a with a kung fu or martial arts system, they want they want to get the like. If you look at a fight scene, one way to describe it, and I've certainly done this, is that it's a little bit like a story. It's kind of got a uh, you know, these story beats to it. And so, uh, so, uh, you know, they want to see that in a game. Now, my, my point of view, which is somewhat different is I don't, I don't really want story. I don't, I, I, I recognize what they're seeing. I, I think that they're, I think that what they're seeing in the fight scenes is real, that there is sort of a story aspect to fight scenes, but just like there's also a story aspect to, you know, movies in general, I don't feel that that stuff ports over well, for a game, at least the way I want to run it, I, I see them as very different mediums, and and so anything reminiscent of story structure to me, I just don't have an interest in pursuing. And so, uh, but that said, I still kind of want that same, like the beats that they're talking about, I I, I recognize, but the way that I would emulate them in a game is as decision points, like you know th- what what those are to me, or those are the character making the right choice or an interesting choice that sort of propels the battle uh you know in a new and exciting direction or in a dangerous direction what i don't need is i don't need to have the outcomes that i would expect to see in a movie just like i don't need the story outcomes that i would expect to see in a movie what i want is a for me everything that's fundamental about an rpg is being in the character's shoes and making choices because that's what i immediately got when I first started playing and so the lightning bolt that went off in my head is like wow I'm there making choices and the choices can matter and so that's kind of what I want so I think it's hard to do that without having tactics and having tactical decisions matter how granular you want to get I think you know that can vary a lot so with a martial arts system uh, you know what I what I want is I want to be able to make meaningful choices um, that have you know, tactical weight to them. Now, I don't use miniatures and stuff, so it's not to me. It's not about. Um, it's not about. Uh, uh, you know, having the, uh, uh, the 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 grid and the minis on the board and using those. It's more about. Um, it's it's more about like theater of the mind and the tactical choices you might make there. So, you know, so in in the you know in the in the Heroes of Ogier game. Uh, the way that that would be done is through the the individual kung fu techniques. That's why I, I made it all, you know, individual techniques, so that okay, if I use Blade of the Dancing Fox, that's a good tactical choice against this guy, and if he uses Turn of the Gen Bird in response, that's a good tactical choice to reply with. Whether I succeeded or not, I don't know. I feel like I'm sort of now just getting, like, just sort of really understanding how to do that well 
Um, but that's the idea. And so that's what I'm looking for with, uh, with martial arts systems is that kind of a thing. Um, so, but again, I think martial arts, everybody's got a different point of view, different, uh, different taste. And, and so, uh, so this isn't really like a, I'm not, I'm not arguing with the points made in that podcast. I just started thinking about it and realizing where I was and what I'm after. And, and so for me, it's just interesting that, I, you know, for me, tactics are, are important. And I don't necessarily see them in competition with the, the aspect of, uh, of martial arts fight scenes that they were talking about. I see it as complementary to it because, again, I see each of those moments. You could describe them as a story, but you could also describe them as important tactical choices that the character is making. And, and so that's, that's kind of the angle that I would take with it. Um, but again, I think martial arts, it's really tricky. It's really tricky. Everybody kind of has notions in their mind of, of what it all means and how it should be done. Just like with movies, you know, like I talk to a lot of people that watch wuxia and kung fu movies and everybody's got a really different sense of what they want and what pisses them off about movies and what they like. And, you know, it, you know, so, so everybody's kind of different. You know, I know a lot of people, they want like real gritty realism. They don't like it when things kind of deviate from that at all. I know people, you know, like me, I kind of like things to get a little bit more exaggerated and fun. Um, everybody's different. So, uh, I, I, and I think especially with, with martial arts systems and games, it's, uh, it's a very individual thing. And, uh, and so I think that more than anything else is why there's sort of this endless quest for the perfect martial arts system, because nobody really agrees on, on, on the best way to do it. So I don't think you're ever going to have like the one system that's the gold standard that everybody likes. I think what you'll have is a bunch of different systems that all do different things well and do other things not so well. And every system that I can think of has trade-offs. Uh, so I, I just, you know, that's, and I think that's probably good. I think it's, uh, you know, it's good to, to, to have that. It's, I think, good for people to mix and match things that suit their taste. So maybe you like a particular setting, and you, but you want martial arts from another game, and you can bring them in. You know, that's kind of how we used to do things when I was younger. We would, we would take what we wanted and use it and make the game the way we wanted to. Um, I think that's kind of better than, you know, just having a, a game that is stuck in its own vacuum. Now, again, I mean, that's, you know, you know, I make games and my games are stuck in their own vacuum. But I think in an ideal world, people take what you make and they just apply it to whatever they're trying to run. I don't, you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy to grab like an old horn module and use it in my Satorius game or, um, you know, grab a, um, uh, uh, you know, mi mix mechanics from other systems as needed. I, 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 or tweak mechanics. I, I, again, I think, um, I, I think that I, that's the way I grew up playing. So that's the way that I sort of, you know, believe games should be run. Um, and if a GM tells me, look, I run the game this way and I don't like to use this rule or that rule, I'm fine with it. I, I, uh, one of the, for me, when I, you know, when I, when I game with a GM, what I'm looking for is to get that GM's perspective on things. I'm not there to, to, to push my sort of approach on them. Um, if I'm a player, then, you know, then I sort of, you know, okay, what, what is the GM you know, what does the GM do? What is he after? How does he, how does he run things? How does she run things? Um, and, and, and I think that's the, you know, for me, that's, that's, that's kind of more exciting. Um, 
you know, not everybody runs games the same way. And I'd, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather uh, be exposed to different approaches. And even if I, you know, they're totally different than my own. Um, so yeah, so I don't know how I got on this topic. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I've been going on for 15 minutes now, so I should probably stop soon. Before I do, though, I want to mention that um, Legends of Ogre Gate, uh, the, the, the next two chapters have been released. So so these are starting to really come out regularly, and uh, it's definitely worth checking them out. I can tell you because I'm several chapters ahead. I, I, may, you know, I, I sort of review some of the chapters before they come out. It's going to get really interesting really soon. And, uh, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start developing some things to coincide with what the story is doing. Uh, it's kind of getting me in that mindset. And the, set, the story is set in the past of the setting. So this is a little bit more Han Dynasty versus the, um, uh, the Song Dynasty uh, that, the, that the present is trying to emulate. So, um, so yeah, so that, that's something that I should probably point out. If, if for people that are new to Wandering Heroes of Overgate, um, it's not, it's not, um, you know, it's, it's not sort of a blend of all the different time periods. It's, it's pretty specifically modeled after, after like late Song Dynasty. Um, you're not going to find a lot. I mean, every once in a while you might find some, some image or something that has a, a bit from, uh, from the, the Ming Dynasty, but that's, that's generally going to be rare. And I generally try to explain it away if I desperately need a cool hat from, from the Ming but um, because I think it'll look good on image, image, but I know it's out of period. I will, um, uh, I will uh, try to have an explanation. Um, but uh, but yeah, so there's not so so that means you're not going to get a lot of sort of the 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 more Wong Fei Hong style stuff in it. It's not it's not like Ming or Qing. It's it's uh, it's um, uh, a little bit more medieval for for lack of a better word. Um, so. So yeah, so I will let you go. I uh, I have a busy day ahead of me, and so I will talk to you later.